Welcome to Season 2 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, Life Reframers, and welcome to Episode 13. Today, we're going to talk all about emotions and probably touch into some emotional intelligence discussion. Hi, Sandy. Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Really good. You're feeling good. What does that mean, Sandy? Can you be a bit more specific? <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit giddy. Is that a feeling? Giddy? I don't know. Giddy. I'm feeling a little giddy. I, I feel like laughing. And I, Okay, so I would say that's happy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling happy. So Life Reframers, how many times are you asked, how are you feeling? And you just kind of say, good. But I mean, Sandy, you are feeling good. I so am. that's okay. Have you, have you ever said good when you're not feeling good? Oh, yeah. Often I say good. It's just like a default <laughs> response when people say, how are you feeling? I just say, oh, good. Good, yeah. And it's not like they're looking for a deep, deep, long discussion about your, you know, how you are emotionally. But our emotions are our, our conscious experience categorized by our mental activity. And, and it ranges from a high degree of pleasure which is what you're feeling today, I guess, Sandy, <laughs> or displeasure. So, yeah, we want to explore emotions a bit today because emotions is not something that I was encouraged to talk about when I was younger. You know, we just we didn't talk about our emotions. But as we know now, to be really well-rounded and, and certainly to be more effective leaders in life of ourselves and of people, we need to be more emotionally intelligent. And being aware of your emotions is only but one part of emotional intelligence. So first we'll explore a little bit about emotions and then jump into a bit of a conversation about emotional intelligence. I have a number of stories where I don't know, I can't remember the story that changed, but now when people ask me, how am I or how am I feeling? I try to be, and good is the default. If I'm happy and good, good. Yeah, good. Great. But if I'm not, I'll say, I don't feel very good today or I feel terrible today. And their reaction is kind of like, well, you're not supposed to say that. You know? <laughs> like... Welcome to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> We're but just I being guess... polite, Joanne. We don't really yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't really want an answer. But it is an interesting topic because as women, we're often labelled as more emotional than men, but are we? I don't think so. I think that we express our emotions differently or maybe we express different emotions. I think that men are more comfortable expressing, and maybe this is a real stereotype, but I would say maybe they're um, more comfortable expressing anger and women are more comfortable being sad or expressing sadness. I'm not sure. Mm. It's just something mm. that popped into my head. But yeah, like okay. I think when, when something happens, so say we're in a situation. Um, okay, so today Brian called me and he was really angry about something, which he's not an angry person. 
And, um, but he had been through, like he had been to get the car fixed three times this week and every time they got the wrong part. So today they had told him to come in at 10, they'd have the right part and he got there and the part wasn't, still wasn't there. So he's kind of losing his mind a little bit today because he's been there three times. And, uh, so he phoned me and he said, I'm just ready to lose it with these people. He was really angry. And I thought, well, I would probably want to cry. I just, okay. I would be frustrated and I'd feel like crying. Whereas he felt like just very angry. Like he wanted to let someone know. I wonder if that is more related to personality type. How would you feel in that I'm situation? Just, I'd be angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Oh, and, and I would tell them that I'm not happy with. So I just but, think when I get frustrated, I feel like crying. I mean, I get angry too, um, but I, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I'm uh, just putting that out there. I think we all find it hard to express and communicate our feelings and our emotions to each other. And again, gross generalization. I was uh, facilitating a training course around communication and we were doing some like difficult, courageous conversation techniques. And one of them was that they, they had to go through a scenario in their mind that they weren't very happy, like a relationship or a, some, a communication piece that they weren't very happy with. And they had to determine what they thought and what they felt and then what they wanted and then go into a bit of a dialogue and a negotiation phase. And I was listening in and helping. And, and this one person was saying, I feel that you didn't listen to me. I said, that's not an emotion. That's a thought. You right. think that they didn't listen to me. Oh, right. Okay. I feel that you didn't care about what I was saying. That's not an emotion. Like they found it really hard. I said, are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you sad? Are you upset? Like, what do you feel? And that was just one kind of small group I was listening to. And a lot of them had a really hard time separating the I think and really determining I feel because the feeling puts them in a vulnerable place. They have to own what has happened to them and the feelings that are coming up as a result of that. And that can be a very vulnerable place for people. Mm. You know, you're kind of out there on your own. Yeah. I, I heard once if you say I feel and then you follow the word feel with like or that, you're not talking about a feeling. You oh, know? that's. A, yeah. So if you say right. I, I feel like. Like, yeah like you, or especially if it's, I feel like you, I feel like you are, that's not going to be a feeling. Yes. So if you can just say, I feel, and then put an emotion in, then you're getting into a conversation around feelings. Yeah. And so I was trying to say, you could say, I think that you're not fully engaged in this conversation or that you're not listening to me and I feel sad about that or I feel disappointed about that or something. I like what you just said. I feel and if it's like or that, yeah, then you I, have to go back to reframe. I think the whole conversation around feelings, I'm just thinking about how I feel sometimes when you're talking and I, I think we need to have 
more words or learn more words around feelings because sometimes I'll say I feel worried but that's not really a feeling either. Paul Ekman uh, years and years ago did some research on facial expressions and found that there were only six basic emotions that could be seen through the face. Anger, Mm -hmm. disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. Wow. Yeah. And when I look at that, I think, oh, there must be more. But I mean, this is talking about facial expressions. Right. But it's true. Now, there's been challenges to his research because it was done a number of years ago. But if you Google any number of, you know, what kind of uh, emotions are there, I mean, we we came up with lots, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Uh, But are they really like, well, pleasure, pride? Yeah, they're not really. Is that an emotion? Hope? Well, so I'm looking at worry, and I think worry is really maybe a a nice way of saying fear. You know, because when you're worried, at the root of that is fear. You're you're afraid of something. Yeah. So maybe some of these, like pride, maybe is an expression of happiness. Maybe they do come yeah, under those headings, right. right? So if we took yep. our list, so if you take um, a lot of the things that we feel, they might fall under those six emotions. Yeah. yeah, I think they are the main categories for sure, and we can have things that fit within them, no problem. And so to get better vocabulary around happiness, I feel joy, elated, I don't know. That's a good word, elated. Yeah. We're going to be kicking off our podcast now with some really good words. That, that's going to be my thing every week. I'm going to come up with a, a new how are you feeling. I'm going to blow your mind with my feelings. <laughs> so I've actually got this book. I don't know if I can. It's called Emotional Smarts. Her categories are mad and then she's listed a whole bunch of words under that. Sad, happy scared so that could be fear instead surprised shamed disgusted and love and then she's got about 40 words under each of those main headings so I think there are kind of some main categories you know what I'll write up a little sheet Sandy for our show notes and our newsletter and I'll put these in it because I think this is part of it we need to broaden and expand our vocabulary around the emotions I agree. And, you know, you just mentioned shame and that's Brene Brown's work is all around shame. And I think it's something that, well, we really struggle with. I mean, she's done a lot of research in that area, but shame is, I would say that's something you can see on someone's facial expression as well. And within shame, it's embarrassed. Yes. Yes. I used to be a real blusher. I still blush. Oh. I, I still blush quickly, I think. But when I was young, like in my teens, I would just like that emotion would just like you could just see it on my face. I would just go pink. It was um, it was interesting because it was hard to hide. <laughs> and usually that was embarrassment or shame. So I'm wondering what our listeners are actually thinking and feeling right now it's a shame we can't do like phone-ins isn't it (laughs) yes exactly 
Yeah. And if they're driving or they're listening to this, sometimes you can have like a lot of emotions going on if you're listening to something and you're driving and somebody cuts you off and, you know, you start to feel angry. And um, okay. okay, something that I have noticed that I think is going to be really helpful for upcoming generations is parenting. I think, you know, we talked about generational differences and one of the big things that you mentioned was Mm -hmm. parenting styles in generations. Yeah. And I think that kids today are being raised to be more in touch with their feelings. Like, so when I grew up in the dark ages, um, (laughs) where they were not, it really was the kind of parenting where if you, if you cried, you're father would say I'll give you something to cry about like there was no like (laughs) it really was like I don't think my parents were the exception they just they didn't really they didn't really care how we felt Mm. you know they cared what we did they you know if we listened to them there just wasn't a lot of conversation but now I look at my daughter with her kids and I'm just amazed at how much she talks about feelings with them and how And I didn't talk to her. I think I did a better job than my parents did. But she'll say to her daughter, I know you're feeling sad and it's okay to be sad, but you still need to blah, blah, blah. So when she's disciplining her, when she's having, you know, she's terrible twos, when she's having a temper tantrum, Mm -hmm. she'll say, I know you're angry and it's okay to be angry, but you're still not getting that you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I just think, wow, she's doing such a good job of validating her feelings all the time. And um, I, I think that's going to be good for for that generation. I hope, you know, I think it's, it's going to be, they'll be more in touch. You won't have a classroom of people who aren't able to have those conversations that include how they feel. I totally agree because that's going to help help them be way more emotionally intelligent than your generation or and even my generation is and has been. And we know emotional intelligence is crucial in anything, you know, in any engagement of people. So if you're leading or managing or just just being able to have really solid relationships, you need to be emotionally intelligent intelligent so what is it it's it's number one there's there's four parts of emotional intelligence self-awareness about understanding your emotions and this is why we're saying to people and and ourselves we need to get better vocabulary around our emotions and we need to um, be better in going through our own processes of, of recognizing how we are feeling because then once we recognize it we can then manage our emotions That's the second part of emotional intelligence. Then we have empathy, seeing emotions uh, in others, and then we have social skills. And the self-awareness and managing our emotions is crucial. I'm just actually listening to a story that I shared with someone today. Um, uh, When I was... In my early 20s, I uh, went and visited a psychologist. I was having a challenging relationship and I went and visited a psychologist and she said, just imagine your body is like a wall and every time you get upset or you get challenged by this 
person who I was having this challenge with the relationship, a little crack appears in the wall until you can't take it anymore and bam, the whole wall busts open. (laughs) And I don't know if you've had those moments, Sandy, but those Mm -hmm. moments are the ones where you aren't managing your emotions and aren't self-aware and get into saying things that you regret and and showing up as you don't want to show up. And that story has stuck. I mean, that was over 20 years ago I went to this person and that's just stuck with me as a good story to help me try and just manage my emotions and go, okay, so here's what I'm feeling right now. I was obviously triggered. I need to be aware of this going into the next engagement with this person so that I can manage my feelings in the moment is what I'm talking about. So yeah, that's a, a, a few areas of emotional intelligence and we'll, we'll keep talking about it. But I just think ma- being able to manage your emotions is really, really important in, in being able to pursue any career or any relationship that you want to do. Being able to manage our emotions is, is crucial. And that's, that's a huge part of emotional intelligence. Oh, I agree. And I think this is where we, you know, that story you're just talking about, it reminded me of um, what happens with road rage. And what happens when we lose it, like, you know, Brian today, at the car dealer for, you know, the, the um, garage for the third time this week. And it's only Tuesday when we're recording this. So three times is pushing it. is if we don't express things, they build up, right? Like those cracks in the wall that you're talking Mm. about. And so part of managing your emotions isn't just waiting until you are at that breaking point and then trying to manage them, but it's around doing it in the moment. So dealing with things as they come up. Yeah. instead of letting them pile up. So, you know, I think when people, you know, are just losing their minds driving in traffic, it's not because somebody cut them off or mm. it's it's just this emotion that they're not dealing with in all of their life and then they just have this moment where there's there's something to focus it on and they just explode. So, I I think, you know, what I've, when I've done work around emotional intelligence with teams or with leaders as well, one of the um, major reasons, and I I don't have this research study in front of me, but it's significantly high as a reason why people lose their job is emotional intelligence. Mm. So people don't generally lose their job because they don't have the skills, although that happens or, you know, for other reasons, but it's because they're not very self-aware and they don't manage their emotions or they're low in social skill. And um, it's, it's really important, emotional intelligence. You know, it needs, I think it needs to be taught not just by parents, but I think in schools, like kids in, you know, maybe they are now learning emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, but I just think it's a critical skill to become self-aware, to be able to manage your emotions. I was coaching someone today. I'm not even going to mention the person's gender, but the person said to me that they made someone on their team cry yesterday. But they said it as if this was the other person's problem. And I was Mm. listening to them and, you know, we were just 
just uh, talking about that situation and I thought there's some self-awareness that needs to happen there to realize the impact you're having on someone emotionally that they would cry you know there there's something that going on there on both sides it's not just that person who's crying it's you know if you make someone cry there's something you need to be thinking about how you're Mm -hmm. showing up in that relationship so um so I think that this whole um idea of being aware is really important and it's not just being able to list emotions or say Mm -mm. how you're feeling it's a little it's a lot deeper than that a lot of the times we have we can have relationship issues that we don't want to deal with right and that's where the cracks for me that was when the cracks were appearing and I would show up and present as I didn't want to present because I was um, either scared or ashamed and I was being protectionate and Another thing that stuck with me is if I'm thinking about um, a conversation or a relationship issue for 24 hours, then I know I need to have a courageous conversation. Wow. I, we need to put that on our Instagram feed. That mm-hmm. is a really good, a good thing. If you're still thinking about it yeah. 24 hours later... And you can use what um, you can use whatever. No, if forty eight is better, whatever you use, because it's never going to go away um, unless you really aren't bothered. Like if you're not bothered about it, it will go away. But if you're still thinking about it, then something has to happen. There has to be a conversation that has to happen, even if it is just to air how you were, you know, what you thought and and how you were feeling. Otherwise, it will show up as the wall just got burst open because it shows up in every interaction you have. You know what I mean, Sandy? So yeah. so if if something happened with us and I didn't deal with it and I didn't deal with it, each conversation, each time we connect, I'm bringing that to the table and you don't even know that. And it's impacting how I'm showing up to you, which is then affecting how you're showing up to me. And then we're just doing this whole double effect thing. There's two in relationships. So we both need to take responsibility for how the relationship is is working or not working. So I think for me, it was like, okay, if I'm still thinking about it two days later, then I need to, I need to pick up the phone and, and have a conversation here. Yeah, uh, and it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but if it's a relationship I want to invest in, I don't want to damage it either. Yeah, I I think it's great to take some time to really process as well. So when you do mm-hmm. have that conversation, you know where you stand and what what's really bothered you in the situation. I had something happen to me last week. I was um, meeting with a group of people for the first time. I had never met with them before. And um, there was, you know, I don't know if you ever have this experience where I'm sure I'm the only person who's ever had this experience where you meet with someone and you just don't like them. Like, they're just like, <laughs> so there was this woman, I had never met her before. I know nothing about her other than her name and a few little, you know, introductory remarks. I just did not like her. Like there was just something about her that really irritated me. And I, I needed to like get out of that meeting and think about that. So what was it? What was going on there? You know, just to kind of get curious about it and say, mm. what was she 
bringing up for me because I'm reacting yeah, to way yeah. too strongly here. Like I'm having yeah. this like emotional response to this woman and I need to process this. I, I don't ever need to talk to her about it, but I did need to realize and think about what, what she was doing that was kind of hooking me so that um, I could go into that meeting with her another time not feeling that same way and mm. and there was some things that you know I think she was doing that I just find irritating and I, for some reason that day they were really bothering me and when I thought about them I thought okay you're bigger than that you can let that go and um you know that's try and look at the good things that she's bringing to the conversation and and not get caught up in some of those things. So, but uh, you know, it is that reflection, like that taking time to just step back in a situation and pay attention to your feelings. I mean, we're so big on reflection and this is why, because we often have emotional responses in situations and we need to reflect on those, those responses, not just ignore them, like not just dismiss them, and just say, I'm tired, you know, so I, you know, we all, we often do that. We make excuses for, mm. for our feelings, but I think we need to pay attention to them and say, so why, why did I feel so angry then? Or why did that make me feel sad? And, and do a little reflecting. Yeah. It's always good to have that check in with yourself because it's, it's often a reflection of what's going on for us. So I want to look at empathy. So emotional empathy is about feeling what another person feels. I don't know. I, I find this harder to do. I mean, I'm certainly aware of it. So it's something that I have to be mindful of. And I often ask myself, how would I feel in this situation? It is part of emotional intelligence. And Sandy, that is where there is a difference between men and women. Women do tend to be better at emotional empathy than men in general. Right. I agree. I also think this is where life experience comes in as well, mm -hmm. because I think that once you've experienced certain things in your life, it's way easier to be empathetic with other people mm. in other situations. So um, I've, I, didn't, I don't think I used to be very empathetic I, and I'm similar to you. And I feel like I've gotten way, I feel, see, that's not a feeling. I feel like you I've think, gotten better. You think you've yeah. gotten better? <laughs> I, hey, there's, there's something else. Pay attention to how often we use the word I feel in a conversation. Mm. I think I've gotten better at it. And, I, and it's really because I've experienced more bumps in my life. Mm -hmm. now so when somebody's sick yeah I know what it's like to be sick and have a diagnosis that was frightening so I, mm -hmm. I'm way more empathetic than I used to be you know or if somebody's moving yeah I have moved I know mm. I know how that feels you know or what how disruptive that can be so I, I think life experience comes in mm. with empathy. Women generally do hold on to the emotions of others in, in their brains a lot longer. And I'm, I'm reading this research from psychology today. They do. They, they hold on to 
the emotions of others in their brains a lot longer, which I think is why they can hold on to that empathy for a bit longer. Whereas men, their brains, they kind of think about it and then they let it go. They go into the problem solving, whereas we may stay with the emotion. And I think that's where maybe I'm a little bit like a man sometimes (laughs) because (laughs) just with my profile type, I want to jump into the problem solving, but I am aware of it. So I try and stay with the feeling. So I was speaking with someone the other day and they had a horrible experience with their manager. And I, I was very conscious just to say, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That sucks. That's shitty. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. It shouldn't have happened to you. Yeah, that's whereas, great. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before I might jump into, okay, well, what do you think you should do? Do you think you should, you know, like I want to go into that. But I just sat with it and I was, I mean, it was, it was a conscious effort for me just to, just to validate and acknowledge and just sit with it, with that person. I mean, I was genuinely sorry that it happened to them. And mm. I think being aware, like you said, you're aware that you're not that's not always mm-hmm. the first place you go. So then that can help you to, to practice it, even though you might, you know, it's, it, you can mm. put it into practice, even if it's not sort of your natural inclination, you can still say, I'm going to try to show up that way. And I'm going to work on that. So, and for me as well, that comes with trying to be more present for people. Mm. And I'm not, as good at that as I'd like to be. And I'm, I'm trying to be more aware of how other people are when I'm with them. So, and I, I am a feeler, so I do pick up emotional energy off mm-hmm. of people really quickly. So I don't always respond to it though. And I'm trying to be a little bit more about that. Like to, to just be when I'm with someone to be thinking about not just what they're saying, but what I'm seeing in them, how their body language is, how might I feel if I was dealing with what they're dealing with. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did that with me the other week. My energy was low or there's something not a bit off. And I know it's probably because we spend a lot of time with each other, but um that's why you're a yeah, bit off? You, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. When you're with people more often, you see yes, their differences exactly. quickly because you're usually very upbeat and, you know, full yes. of energy. So I notice it with you really quickly. But then there, there are other people that after the fact, I think I could have been more sensitive or asked them right. something more. So I, I just think it's something we can develop that I guess maybe that's one of one of the things that's important in this conversation around emotional intelligence is don't use your type or your personality or your gender as right. an excuse for not being in touch with people and yourself emotionally. It, it it's something that can be developed for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on that then reflection, and then you've mentioned reflection a few times and I have too, and I've reflected before and within a moment. And it's really good to ask yourself, what are you observing? Like you did with the, with the group work, like, what are you observing? What are you thinking? And then, and then what are you feeling? And try to really separate that like really challenge yourself is that a thought or is it a feeling and then where could this be coming from and with that I want to say we're not like suggesting that people become like so introspective that they're just sitting all the time thinking about how they (laughs) feel in every situation because we don't want to do that either 
I, I think we're just saying that it's, it's good to be able to identify how you're feeling in a situation because there's a lot of information in that, in your feelings that can really help you in so many things. It can help you in your communicating. It can help you in your decision making. It can help you in your long range planning, your goal setting. There's like your emotions are there and being aware of them can really help guide you in, in a lot of areas in your life. Mm. Well, we haven't even spoken about jealousy or envy. Right. <laughs> they have been some real triggers for me that have inspired me to grow and do and be better for me. If I feel those, I, I kind of go back to, okay, what, what is this about? What, what am I saying here? It can be a, an empowering process as well, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. You know, I, um, I think it's a great reframe. And I heard Martha Stewart being interviewed recently, and she actually said exactly what you're saying. She said mm. that she thinks jealousy is a really good emotion. And I was like, well, you know, I was thinking, well, here's a reframe for me, because I always <laughs> think jealousy is like, I don't know, just... A terrible thing like I don't know one of the mm. seven deadly sins or whatever right. they know like lust and jealousy and it's all that kind of stuff but she said it's exactly what you're saying is that when she feels jealous she uses that as a trigger to say mm. what is there what? that I want to do better to emulate you know what is what is that drive in me? Like, let, let that mm -hmm. jealousy become a drive and, and help me to pursue something. I'm glad you said that because I forgot about that. And when you said mm. it, it was like, yeah, that's a, we need to reframe some of these emotions that we may have labeled as negative and see that they're actually really, really good or can be good. So then comes the realign. And what do you do? How do you manage those emotions and and how do you realign it to be that positive or that or what you want it to be I think that see I was going to say I feel but then I was like <laughs> no I think well there you go pay attention to the language you use so that's one way to start realigning I think as well that you can act your way into feeling things I don't know if you've um ever heard that before but mm -hmm. there is a a youtube clip going around right now about a man on he's on his uh, phone and he's laughing on a bus or a subway have you seen that no and he's just he's laughing and before it's about three minutes long and he just keeps laughing and i don't know if this is obviously it's probably planted and by the end of the three minutes of him just laughing at whatever he's listening to or looking at on his phone, everybody on the, on this, on the subway is laughing along with him. Mm. They just, it's infectious. So uh, I think that sometimes um, that's, that's a great way to realign feelings as well is to just smile and laugh out loud. And, it, <laughs> and I think it changes people around you as well. Mm. Like when you're driving, yeah. just smile. Have you ever done that? Just smile while you're no. driving. <laughs> it's really I have funny. Walked, I have walked around and smiled though and said hello to strangers and stuff. I don't know how it makes them feel necessarily because I haven't stopped and asked them, but but they smile. Their eyes light up. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's good. 
So, yeah, I think it's good. I think, you know, talk to someone. That's where relationships come in. You know, do you have people you can be honest about with your feelings? Um, Take a breath. Don't feel like you have to deal with your emotions right now. You can maybe park them to deal with them later. Yeah. But it's not about avoiding them and pretending that they're not there. It's it's about realigning and 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 reframing. Okay, this is the this is the situation. How would I prefer to feel in this situation? And what might I need to do to get there? Right. And I don't know why I just thought of this, but have you heard of that feeling hangry? Somebody's hangry? Yes, I have. That's me. Well, sometimes you just need to go eat something. And that will change. Like sometimes you're just dehydrated or you're hungry. Your blood sugar is low. So before you lose your mind, ask yourself, when was the last time you had something to eat? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And do some physical activity like stretch, move around, walk up and down a set of stairs, you know, just. And you said this, Sandy, we were talking about one episode, like checking in with the body. You feel things that can be a visceral feeling in the body Mm -hmm. as well. So check. I hold tension. Do you know where you hold? I hold tension in my neck and shoulders. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So go have a massage. (laughs) Yes. But I do agree, get active. Like sometimes if you're, you know, feeling upset and you go, you go for a walk, it, it allows you to think, but it also allows you to decompress a little bit, right? So I think for sure, get up and get moving is really helpful in dealing with, especially really negative emotions. Yeah, I think really, we just want to kind of bring some awareness to emotions today and invite you to notice notice your language how are you using i think and i feel label your emotions and own them be okay with owning them you you feel that way because of the situation the circumstances your previous experiences your personality, whether you're a man or a woman, there's many, many different reasons for us feeling what we feel. And don't diminish them. Own them, embrace them, and then you are in the seat of power to decide what you want to do with them. I think that's a great place to end. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.